0: And uh, today we're closing out the series that we've been in since Thanksgiving uh, that we've called The Name for Our Hope. The Name for Our Hope. And just because Christmas is over, uh, and I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, it's over and I'm glad it's over. Uh, But just because Christmas is over, it doesn't mean that our hope is over. And so uh, I wanted to add one more uh, message to this series that we've been in because there's a name for our hope in 2019. And as we've been looking at over the the past several weeks leading up to Christmas, the name for our hope is Wonderful Counselor. The name for our hope is Mighty God, Prince of Peace and the Everlasting Father. And we've broken those down, and we've looked at those uh, over the past few weeks. And, and this morning, I, I want to take us back to the, to the name that we're most familiar with. The name of our hope is Jesus. Jesus Christ is our hope for 2019. He's not just our hope at Christmas time, but He is our hope every single day of our lives, every moment uh, of every day. Uh, I shared with you a couple of weeks ago that Lynette and I had uh, celebrated our uh, 30th wedding anniversary. And uh, it was actually on a Sunday, it, it falls during the holidays, we had Christmas lights at our wedding. Uh, y'all know us and know how much we love Christmas, and so we celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary. And, and you would think after 30 years, and some of you are definitely uh, way beyond what Lynette and I have been married, but you would think after 30 years that I would have learned a little bit about uh, being married and how to do it, uh, how to... Uh, How how to keep her happy and make her happy and how to follow orders and, you know, all the things husbands have to learn in a marriage. You would think I would have learned that. But Lynette will be the first to tell you that uh, I'm lacking in a lot of areas when it comes to being a husband. Uh, One of those areas uh, is memory. I try to blame it on age, but I'm really not that old. Uh, But Lynette will be the first to tell you that I often forget to do things that she has told me to do. It creates grief in my life, all right? So, you know, she thinks I do it on purpose, but I would never create more grief for myself. And, and so sometimes we forget, right? And, and every wife's sitting out here going, yeah, that's my husband too. He can't remember. So anything that Lynette really wants me to do and, and to remember to do, she's learned now that she has to leave me a note. She'll leave a little sticky note, and, and, and most of the time when she leaves these, these notes, it's either by my truck keys, which I'm going to have to have to get out of the driveway, if, if I can remember where I put them, right? or she puts it by the coffee pot because she knows I am never leaving the house in the morning without a cup of coffee. And so she'll leave me these notes, or sometimes she'll say, now would you do so-and-so, and I'm like, you know, let me put it in my phone because if I don't have it in my phone, I probably will forget. One time I had to go get my uh, battery replaced in my phone, and the guy put the battery in it, and I could hear back there when when he was putting it back together, I could hear it back there just going ding, 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 ding. And and I was like, he's torn my phone up. You know, this isn't going to end well. And it, sets, and it just keeps doing it, keeps doing it, keeps doing it, keeps doing it, and he comes back out, and he said, Sir, do you mind if I ask, what do you do for a living? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. And he said, I have never, ever in my life seen that many reminders in someone's cell phone. And I'm like, well, it's because I have no brain. And so this is my brain right here. And if I lose it, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. But, but, you know, sometimes we have trouble remembering things. Uh, and so we have to be reminded, and, and listen, you know, I love my wife, and just because I forget sometimes to do something she's asked me to do, that doesn't mean that I love her any less, does it? I mean, when we forget, it's not because, you know, we love someone any less, uh, but but sometimes we forget to do things. And, and so I'm having trouble here, folks. My slider doesn't slide like my other Bible did. Uh, But, you know, it it just means that sometimes we get too busy. Uh, It means sometimes we get caught up in other things that are going on and and we just forget. And So I believe that, you know, this also applies to us as followers of Jesus, not just in our relationships with our loved ones here on this earth, but in in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Sometimes uh, we forget, And, and I believe that we forget something incredibly important, and that is the fact that our hope, is in Jesus every single day that we exist on this earth. The only hope that we have uh, is in Him. Our hope for 2019 that will begin this week is is not in the stock market, you know, as, as much as we depend on, you know, whether it's up or whether it's down, checking our 401ks and all those things. Our hope is not in the stock market. Our hope uh, for 2019 is not in our paycheck. It's not even in our government, as many people would, would think. There's a name for our hope in 2019, and the name for our hope is Jesus Christ. And so this morning, what I want us to do is, as a reminder to us, Uh, Today, I want us to focus on the last words that Jesus said when he was here on earth Here in Matthew chapter 28 For the past few weeks, we've been focused on when Jesus came But this morning, I want to focus on... When he left, because I believe that if we could embrace this uh, every day of this coming new year, then the enemy would have a much more difficult time robbing us of our joy. He would have a much more difficult time of stealing uh, our hope from our lives if we'll just remind ourselves of this. So let's pick it up this morning, Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. These are the very last words that are recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, that uh, Jesus spoke and he said this and surely I am with you when he said surely I am with you always to the very end to the very end uh, of the age. And so as we enter into this new year, uh, this coming week, I think it's, uh, it's important for us not to forget this powerful promise that Jesus has made, you know, not only to his disciples, but it's a promise that's been made to you and me as followers of Jesus Christ this morning. Jesus said, I am with you. God is here. He is present. He's not somewhere out there. He is here. He is with you, right? And if we could remember that in every day of 2019, I believe that it would radically change the way that we live. Our lives. It would change the way that we approach the decisions that we're going to have to make this coming year. Uh, it would change the way that we go through the problems that we're going to face uh, in 2019. And we're going to have problems. We're going to run into things uh, throughout this year that are going to frustrate us, that are going to disappoint us. But if we'll remember this fact that Jesus is here, He is with us, and He promised to never leave us. And, and so uh, in 2019, Jesus. Life is our hope. And I want to focus on his life this morning. Because if we ever forget the fact that Jesus is our hope and that he is with us, all we really need to do is go back and just look at the life that he lived. There are four books of the Bible we call the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John uh, that give us the accounts of, of Jesus and his life. And I believe that probably most of us, if we've been around the church very much at all in our life, we've read these four Gospels uh, at some time in our life. And maybe in 2019, it would be a great time for you just to commit to reread them and and, uh, go through those four Gospels Uh, again. We've celebrated Christmas by being reminded that He came to this earth. That's what Emmanuel means. God is with us, right? He left His throne in heaven He he left the beauty and the splendor of heaven and his throne to come and be and to walk among his creation. And and we often think about Jesus' life uh, with the idea that the only reason that Jesus came was to die. And we often think of Jesus in that way, but think about it. If that's true, then why did it take him 33 years to do it? Right? There was more of a point to his life than just to die for you and me, which was a major point. Right, I'm not taking away from that. I mean, but if all that his coming to earth was about you know, uh, uh, dying, he could have come at breakfast and been resurrected in time for supper and been back in heaven. I mean, if that's all it was about and all that that it meant. And don't miss this. We serve a God that doesn't waste time. He created time, right? And, And there was a reason that Jesus spent the amount of time that he spent here on this earth. And we know that it was 33 years that he was here. Yes, he came to die. That's a very important reason why he came. But maybe the reason that he lived for 33 years here on this earth before he died is so that he can model for you and for me, how we should be living our lives as well. To give us an example, to give us a model to follow and to go by. And one of the things that I believe we as Christians sometimes forget is that our faith in Jesus, the, the, the church, is not something natural. right? It's not something that, that we created. It's not something that even comes natural to us. In fact, it's supernatural because Jesus was supernatural, and he lived a supernatural life. There was nothing natural uh, about it. You know, we, we watch movies uh, with the Avengers in them. Uh, when I was a kid, there weren't Avengers. There was Superman, Batman, and Spider-Man, right? And, and, and we looked at those, and, and they had these supernatural powers, you know, to overcome e- e- the enemy and defeat evil. But if you dig into these four Gospels, in the New Testament of Jesus, of the life of Jesus, you will see and you will learn that there really was someone who came and lived on this earth that had supernatural abilities and was a supernatural human being. Uh, But uh, so often I believe that we forget that. uh, And so the church gets caught up in the natural things, the things that we can do in our own strength, the things that we can do with the the money that we have in an account, the things that we can do that we know we can do right and and jesus i believe wants to speak to us this morning and says uh, following jesus christ is is a life it's a church that's about supernatural things that go beyond what you can do goes beyond your strength your power your money your abilities whatsoever and he wants us to to experience and to dive into this supernatural life that he has for you and, and and for me but so often Uh, We get caught up in the natural things of this world instead of the supernatural things uh, of God uh, that He wants to do in the church and in our lives. Now think about this a minute. I just want to think about some of the supernatural things that we find recorded uh, in the Gospels. Uh, First, you know, we've just celebrated Christmas. The virgin birth. Not natural, right? That's not natural. Jesus uh, lived a perfect and sinless life life. That's not natural, right? N- not a single one of us here can pull that off. That- that's not natural. Jesus turned uh, water into wine, right? That- that's, not- that's not natural, right? Um, the Baptists are still mad about that, and uh, the Catholics are, yay, Jesus, right? Um, I'm kidding. I'm just joking. If you're visiting, I, I joke a lot, and uh, if you don't have just a little bit of sarcasm in your life, you don't get me probably. But uh, think about what else we read in the gospel. Jesus would heal the sick with just a spoken word, or with a touch. Right? Touching even the hem of his garment brought healing. That's not natural, right? Jesus fed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. That's not natural. And then he was killed. He was dead. He was buried in a tomb. And he came back from the dead three days later. That's not natural. Jesus lived a supernatural life and here's what's really cool about these things that he could do that weren't natural at all he gives us some insight to it in the gospel of John, over in gospel of John chapter 5 verse 30, Jesus said this, by myself I can do nothing some of you may want to underline that in your Bible or, or maybe if you've got a Bible like mine you can get your apple pen and underline it, but Jesus said, by myself, I can do nothing. And I just want to stop here for a minute and be reminded of this today. The reason that some of us feel like everything is such a struggle is because we're trying to do it on our own, right? And yes, I said we here because I'm just like a lot of you and I need this reminder in my own life. And here's Jesus saying, Here's Jesus, the Son of God, saying, I can't even do it by myself. right? I can't even do it by myself. By myself, I can do nothing. Don't miss this. In 2019, if we want to experience something that's not natural in our lives, if we want to experience something that is supernatural in our lives and in our families and in our church, then we're going to have to stop trying to do it on our own. Right? Uh, Because by ourselves, we can do nothing. If Jesus says that about his own self, uh, we, we, you know, we're even... If Jesus recognized that, we surely should recognize it, right? Jesus said, by myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself but Him who sent me. The key for our hope, the key to our hope in 2019, the key to living in this supernatural life, and this supernatural relationship, is stop doing life by yourself. Stop doing life by yourself. Quit worrying about what it is that pleases you. Quit worrying about, this is easier said than done, what pleases everybody else, right? And remember that He is with you and He will help you to do the will of God and the will of God is what pleases Him, right? And He is with you and He will help you to do the will of God and the things that will please Him. And so that's what Jesus modeled for us 33 years later or the 33 years that He walked on this earth. And and I know that in my own life, you know, many times I've I've forgotten that He's with me, right? I mean, sometimes we forget. We forget that He's with us. And and I forget that I can't do anything on my own. And I get to thinking that I'm really awesome and I can do that by myself, right? And, And we begin to think those things, not in being arrogant, but just because we forget. And so it's in these times that we forget that we're probably not reminding ourselves. And I'm going to make the connection here of when, it, when it affects me and probably a lot of you as well. In these times that we forget these things, we're, it's probably because we're not reminding ourselves by being in His Word as much as we should be being in His Word. Right? That's when we begin to forget. Is when we're not in His Word and, and we're not praying like we ought to be praying. And we're going to be starting a, a new series next Sunday that's called Just Ask. And we're going to be doing a series on prayer uh, throughout the, the month of January. But often the reason that we forget is because... We're not in His presence as often as we should be. At the throne, in prayer, in His Word, you know, reading the mind of God and the words of God and allowing that to penetrate our hearts and our lives. Because when we are reading these reminders, when we are continually in His Word and reading these reminders that He promised us, these notes, all right, that He left for us, reminding us, then we won't forget when we are in His Word, we won't forget His promises. And I've shared with you before, we started with uh, you know, this awesome promise in the beginning that, that He is going to be with us. He is always with us, even to the end of the age. There's over 8,000 more promises here in God's Word to you as well, right? And so if we're not in His Word reminding ourselves of those promises, then we will forget. We will forget. The life uh, that that Jesus lived, His life that He lived, that we see recorded uh, in the Gospels there, is our hope because it's a reminder that God is with us. And when God is with us, we saw this in Jesus' life, our life will not be natural. Our lives will not be natural when we are walking with God. When we're walking with Jesus, our lives will be anything but natural. All right, And so it's a reminder that God is with us. And when he is with us, we will experience supernatural things in our lives, in our families, and in our church. And I believe that with all my heart. And so as we go into 2019, that's the expectation. That's the hope that I have is that we will see and we will experience the supernatural. That we'll sit back and go, wow, can you believe God just did that? And we'll get out of his way and let him do what he wants to do. So the life of Jesus reminds us and gives us hope, right? And the second thing in 2019, Jesus' death is our hope. All right? Jesus' life is our hope, but Jesus' death is our hope. And if we ever get to the point that we forget that Jesus is our hope and that he is with us, all we really need to do is go to those gospels and be reminded of his death the death of Jesus. Real quick, I want to do a survey this morning so everybody be honest because this is church and everyone participate. How many of you here are planning to lose weight and eat healthier in 2019? How many? Lots. I'm proud of you. You go. I'm for you. I hope you achieve your goals and that this year is a healthier year for you and you find it easier to make your way to the gym or the event center or wherever it is you do that. And I hope you have a great year and a successful year and a healthier year. And I'll just be sitting over here eating pie for breakfast, cheering you on. You think I'm kidding. We've got a group of pastors that get together on Tuesday mornings and have breakfast at Cracker Barrel. And so, uh, you know... Most guys, they just get in a routine, and they have, like, the same thing over and over and over again. So our, our little waitress, she's, she knows everybody's order. She just walks by and says, the normal, you know, and then she writes it down. But I, I, I'm I'm not normal. I will never be normal. And so I always, you know, change it up. Well, here, here about a month ago, they uh, around Thanksgiving, I guess it was, they started advertising these, you know, pecan pies and, you know, uh, Apple pecan swirl pie And all these awesome looking pies And they had the card sitting there And it's 7.30 in the morning She comes up to me and she said What do you want for breakfast today? And I'm like Could I have some of this pie? And I said Do y'all serve pie for breakfast? And she said Well, I don't know that I ever have But I guess we could And I said With a scoop of ice cream And so uh, Now I've got Conway First Church pastor eating pecan pie and ice cream for breakfast. And uh, it's an awesome thing. But y'all eat healthy. I'm for you. I'm not against you. I'm for you. All right. Some of you probably remember the Atkins diet. Anybody remember the Atkins diet? Maybe you participated in that. Some of you may have tried it. Uh, A lot of people found success, lost a lot of weight following and eating the things that were on the Atkins diet. But uh, after some time had gone on... Uh, instead of being known as the Atkins diet, people began to refer to it as the Fatkins diet, uh, because here's what happened. You know, almost everyone that in, that that uh, was on the I'm struggling this morning. Can y'all tell? I think I get warmed up in the 8:30 service, and then by the 10:30 service, I'm rolling. It's like I need some WD-40 somewhere. Uh, this morning, but, but just about everybody that went on this diet, they ended up gaining their weight back uh, eventually. This diet consisted of some awesome things. I mean, it sounded like a great diet to me. Uh, you could eat things like meat, uh, which I love, steak, uh, which I love. You could eat eggs. Uh, you could even have cheese and butter. They were also okay. But the primary thing uh, that you couldn't have on that diet was bread. Any kind of bread, anything like that. And, And some people have the willpower not to be able to eat bread. But seriously, who doesn't love bread? I mean, really. Uh, who doesn't love it? And, and after, you know, a long time of not eating it, I, I, I can't imagine how you would even walk in marketplace and see this beautiful bread floating in butter and say no to that, right? Because it's incredible. My mouth is watering now uh, as we speak. Or, or, or the biscuits at Red Lobster. How can anybody ever say no to that? There will be Red Lobster biscuits in heaven. I have a verse for that. Um, but... Uh, Wow, and they bring you all that you could eat. Uh, what's life without biscuits and gravy, you know? Uh, what's a sandwich without bread? What's a hamburger without bread? Uh, I, and just, you know, uh, again, I, I promise there's going to be bread in heaven because Jesus said, I am the bread, and he's in heaven. So, I uh, I assure you there's going to be bread in heaven. But we love bread, and it's difficult. And what these people on this diet found out that it was, you know, very difficult to eat without eating bread. And and so the people on this diet, they eventually gave in to eating the bread, and there went the diet, right? There, There went the diet out the door. And here's the deal. Just like a diet, and many of us will begin this next week, a diet, what does it do? It separates us from the things that we really love huh? That's what a diet does. And here's the deal. Just like a diet can separate us from the things that we love, our loving Father looked down on us from heaven, and he saw that we were separated from him by the sin that was in our lives, and it broke his heart. It broke his heart that we were the the ones that he loved, that he was separated from what he loved. And sin had separated us from him. And the reason that we are separated from him, the reason that we were separated from him, is because of sin. Right? And our sin and his righteousness could not coexist. They they couldn't coexist uh, together, and and we were born sinful. We've talked about this in the past. If you don't believe that we were born sinful, then you've never had children of your own Uh, because you see very quickly as infants, they came into this world knowing how to sin, right? And, And our sinfulness and God's righteousness could not exist together, and so what did God do? God sent the fix, didn't he? He, he sent the cure for that. His name is Jesus. He sent us Jesus Christ to bridge that gap for us between our sin and His righteousness. The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. And, and I don't want you to miss that. Because of Jesus... He became our sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. And a lot of times, you know, even Christians forget that. We forget who we are. And sometimes when we forget, we feel defeated because, uh, you know, here's what we'll do. Here's what our mind will do to us. We'll go back thinking about how we failed in the past. Right? We'll we'll go back, uh, we'll, we'll feel defeated because we remember who we used to be. But today, God wants to remind us. Every day, God wants to remind you who He created you to be. Right, Because once you've met Him, it really doesn't amount to a hill of beans who you used to be or what you used to be or what you used to do. And, and the death of Jesus Christ is a reminder that He is with us and there is hope for us because of what we used to be and who we used to be. His death is what bridged that gap so that we could become righteousness and not be where we used to be and not be who we used to be. It was through the death and resurrection of Jesus that God cleaned up your mess so that He could be with you. And he could walk with you and, and hold you and be a part of your life. And some of you here, I know you, and you've got a past. And you know me, and you know I've got a past. I have people come here before that didn't know I was the pastor, and they'd be like, You're the pastor? Yeah, they they don't know so right. Some of you that away. Some of you have got a past, and it's not a good past, and there may be some things in your life that you've done that nobody else even knows about other than you and, and God. And, and uh, here's something I know after being in ministry for 20 years and talking to a lot of people uh, that struggle. There's a lot of people who struggle with whether they're saved or not, right? They struggle with their salvation, or they struggle with whether or not God uh, loves them, because of what happened in their past or what they may have done uh, in their past. And sometimes those thoughts come into our mind. Sometimes we begin to to maybe, you know, think those thoughts and, and feel like, you know, we can't overcome our past or overcome who we were. And sometimes we'll even think, you know, God has reminded me of Uh, reminding me of how wicked I used to be and the things that I used to do. And I want to tell you something. If you are a child of the King, God is not reminding you of your past. He's not reminding you of who you used to be. That's not God doing that. I don't know if uh, Dan and and Tiffany are here. We dedicated uh, their twin girls uh, a few weeks ago. And I've thought uh, a lot about Dan and Tiffany over the holidays. Many of you know they had, they had twin girls, and it was just kind of a miracle deal uh, that they had those girls. And so Lynette and I, we have similar stories. Uh, and so we can relate to Dan and Tiffany uh, a lot. Uh, and uh, they just spent their first Christmas with their twin girls, and uh, it was really nothing more than a miracle that they were able to do that. But even those two precious girls that were a miracle from God they still have dirty diapers (laughs) huh? I mean some of you know the stories of our boys and they were miracles but they had lots and lots of dirty diapers and like many of you Dan and Tiffany have changed a lot of diapers a lot of really dirty diapers but when they change those diapers or when we change the diapers of, of our own kids, we don't take those diapers and rub them in their nose and say, Look at what you did, right? I mean, that's, that's not how we treat our kids. And, and we don't keep reminding them of this mess that they've made and, and punish them for the mess that they've made In their diapers. See that that wouldn't be very loving for someone to do that cared about their kids, would it? And so uh, they, you know, Dan and Tiffany. I know they love those precious girls. And so what do they do? They clean up their mess and they throw it away, so they would never have to see it and never have to deal with it again. They clean them up. They give them a fresh new diaper and a change of clothes and then they pick them up and hold them close because they're clean don't miss this the mess that we have made was cleaned up taken care of, forgiven, and thrown away, and forgotten. And just like we did that with our kids, that's what our Father has done for us. <laughs> that's exactly what He has done for, for you and, and for me, and, and He's not even thinking about it anymore because the Bible says that He has thrown it as far As the East is from the West. That's infinity and beyond, Buzz fans. He has thrown it as far as the East is from the West. And I just believe that as someone here today is wrapping up a year that's not been the best and not been the greatest, that he wanted to remind you today he would clean up that mess and he'll throw it away he won't remind you of it he won't punish you for it but he wants to clean it up and get rid of it as far as infinity and he wanted to remind someone of that today that he is radically and passionately in love with you In love with his children. Right? And if you ever forget that. Or if you ever forget the fact that he is with you. All you have to do. Is go back and look at the life that Jesus lived. And go back and look at the cross. Because it's a reminder of what he promised us. His last words in the gospel of Matthew. I will never leave you. I am always with you. The name of your hope today, the name of your hope for 2019 is Jesus Christ. And it's my prayer today that that is where and that is who you will place your hope in as we approach this new year and that you will be reminded every single day what He's done with your mess and how far it is now gone and removed from you and your life and your relationship with Him. This morning, as we close the service today, we want to have a time of prayer and we open the altar to you, invite you to come. Maybe there's something you would like to bring to Him. Maybe a a challenge. Maybe there's a situation. uh, Maybe maybe you just want to come this morning and make a commitment to Him in this new year that you will... Be in his word that you'll be more aware of the fact that he is always with you. And you'd just like to come and pray about that today. Or maybe some, we have a prayer chest here, and a lot of people come and visit. Guests come and they kind of wonder about the chest, but that's just a place where we put people's names that we're praying for that they would accept Christ uh, as their Lord and Savior. Many of you that are here today that have accepted Christ, uh, some of your names are in that prayer chest. And so we want to continue to pray over that and for those uh, names that are there. But if you'd like to come and pray this morning as we close together, uh, we'd love for you to do that at this time. And let's join our hearts uh, together this morning as we close in prayer. God there's often times in our lives where we just need to be reminded we forget and we would think that we forget because maybe we don't love you enough or we're not close enough or we haven't done enough but God we just simply forget sometimes because we get preoccupied we get too busy we've got too much going on and So we forget these things that your word reminds us of. And so this morning, God, I I would just pray as we uh, approach this new year, and we often do it and we often get disappointed because, you know, we don't seem to stick with it. But I, I just pray that as we begin this new year that we would make a commitment to go into your word and remind ourselves daily of what it is that you want to speak into our lives and into our families into our church into our world because the reminders are there your word is full of promises of hope your word is full of promises of help and so God I just pray that we would be more diligent about reading the reminders and we'd slow down just a little bit maybe dedicate a certain time of every day just to read your reminder notes that you've left us. And God, I thank you for the awesome reminder today of the hope that we have in you. We look at your life and we know that you did a lot of amazing things. You did a lot of miracles. But it's so interesting to think that you even said you cannot do those things on your own. And so that helps us to realize and understand today that maybe sometimes the reason we get so frustrated and so aggravated and so stressed out is because we're trying to do it on our own. And even the Son of God couldn't do these things on His own. And so I thank You for reminding us of that today, that we need You. As we walk with You, we need to be available to what You want to do in our lives that's supernatural. But God, it's in your death and the resurrection where we find our greatest hope today because without that we could never be in a right relationship with you because there was this wall there was a barrier that was between us and you and it was a result of our sin and it was through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that that was bridged And God, so we thank you that we can be with you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you're walking with us. We're thankful that you are changing us and making us into your image, which is an image of righteousness. And so God, today I thank you for this beautiful reminder that you've taken care of the past you've taken care of what we've done that wasn't right and you've made it right that's what righteousness means you've made it right and the past is not going to define our future and we're grateful and thankful for that today God we've got many in our church that are going through great struggles family issues financial issues there's so many that are dealing with health issues And so, God, we lift them to the throne. It's a privilege and an opportunity to be able to join them in prayer. But, God, we we don't want to just pray for them, which is an awesome and uh, powerful thing that we have available to us. But we want to be available to be an answer to their prayer, that we would be available to be used, to be encouragers, to come along beside these that are struggling and these that are hurting and these that need help. And be their help. God, you use your people every day in that capacity. And so we as a church want to be available to be that. To a community, and to a church family that has so many members that are hurting and going through different struggles. And God, we pray for the other churches. We are blessed to have some really awesome congregations and churches in our community. And we're blessed to be able to work with them and partner with them to build the kingdom of God right here. It's not just about the church of the Nazarene. It's about your church. And so, God, I pray that you would bless their efforts. You would give them fruit for their labor and their faithfulness. I pray that a revival in 2019 would be kindled in one of our churches. Maybe it would be kindled in one of our classrooms at school. Maybe it would be kindled at a coffee shop somewhere. But God, wherever, I pray that there would be a fire that would be lit that would spread like wildfire through our community, and all across our world, so that people would come to know you and receive you and accept you as their Lord and Savior of their life. So God, as we leave here, we're not leaving the church. We're leaving to be the church. represent you to do your work do what you've called us to do and we can't do it on our own we can only do that with your help so thank you for the help thank you for the opportunity to be able to represent you in this world and to show people who you are and what your love is all about and we thank you for that beautiful reminder today and it's in the mighty powerful name of Jesus that we ask these things amen God bless you I love you guys I hope you have a